Do, 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 do. Testing one, two. Yes, the audio is working. However, the battery seems to be half full. I may have to do a really quick podcast then because I don't have the power around me to charge my recorder. But anyway, let's just get into it. What is going on, guys? Danny Fang here. And today we have ourselves another podcast. <laughs> fourth episode fourth fourth broken english happening there so yeah the fourth episode on my podcast series and if you followed my previous episodes then you will know that this is just another audio live live recording session breakdown audio live recording session breakdown and in this episode we're going to look at a recording session that i did for mahogany sessions and if you guys want to hear the live session, link is in the description below or in your um, preferred directory, wherever you're listening to. And um, this week, we're going to be breaking down a live session of Leon Bridges, a song called Coming Home. This was recorded, um, let me just check when was this recorded? When was this recorded? When was this published? 2015, 5th of March, 2015. So if you guys want to go have a listen to what we're breaking down, again, link is in the description below. It will just link you directly to Mahogany Sessions' uh, YouTube channel. And uh, this session was a very special session, for me anyway. Um, not because it's uh, Leon Bridges. Of course, Leon Bridges is an incredibly talented artist. That time when I recorded him, um, actually, they just... Uh, he just started off and um, no one really knew who he was and things and now he's crazy huge and of course there is no doubt about that because the man is super talented <laughs> but um, anyway so this session is Leon Bridges coming home and as I said this particular session was very um, intriguing to me and it was super fun to uh, record uh, because this actually was the first time in um, mahogany session where I actually got lapel mics. This was the first, first session where I actually got lapel mics. A any any sessions before this date, I just used my condenser microphone or whatever microphone that we had available and recorded it like that. So this recording was particularly interesting and gave me a lot of uh, flexibility in post to kind of cater to Leon Bridges' uh, style of music, and which I'll explain in a bit. So uh, before we get into session, um, a little um, backstory to the whole set to the whole setup before we go down to the breakdown. So uh, the location was this this beautiful uh, London shabby chic um, loft, as you can see from the video, and um, it had all these like interesting um, props and things like that, and the location was a fairly small room, not too small, uh, enough to fit uh, a crew of, I think it was four, five people, including myself, I think. I think maybe six, including a photographer today. I think it was six people altogether with crew. And um, from Liam Bridges' side, I think it was like uh, three, four, five, maybe another six. Altogether, let's say 12 people on set. And... Um, the location wasn't super small, so um, 
But it was a small room, but it could fit about 12 people-ish. Anyway, so, um, <coughs> um, excuse me. Um, where was I? Yeah, so the location, not only it was um, a good-looking location, but it also sounded great as well, because the whole place... Um, had this woody kind of vibe. I, I think it was like an old pub in London, like a London old pub. And um, upstairs where the loft is, is um, it's basically just a rooftop of, of, of that bar. Um, I think anyway, I think it was a bar. Um, I can't really recall. But nevertheless, the, the, the space sounded incredible and definitely complemented with um, Leon's music and his performance as well. Now, um, if you watch the video, um, the setup seems pretty simple. So, um, as an overall, overall overview, overall, why would I say overall overview of, um, how everything, um, was basically I had three clip mics and one, uh, DI taking Leon's guitar. So if you skip to somewhere like one minute 15, you can see all four of them in frame. So for Leon's uh, setup, we had, well, I basically uh, used a jack cable to take a DI signal of um, of Leon's guitar. Oh, wait, no, actually, um, correction, Leon's guitar was actually hooked up to an amp, and um, and I just used a Shure SM57, a classic SM57, to record the amp. That just went directly to my computer. So that was the guitar part. And um, Leon had a clip mic on him as well, which didn't only capture his vocals, but also the guitar as well, because it was, um, it was a hollow guitar, so you still get the cool clangy kind of sound of the guitar, which worked out um, to my best interest, actually, when, when mixing this track. So there was that. Um, the two um, BVs... Backing vocals, the two girls doing backing vocals, they both had clip mics as well, and that's pretty much it. The saxophone player, I didn't actually have uh, a microphone on him, but still I was able to capture his sound as well, and fairly clear as well. And um, I'll explain to you in a bit how I actually did this. So that's basically how the setup was. And the movement of the camera basically started from a wide angle shot. So if you just go to, let's say, um, 30 seconds in or so. So it starts off with all these um, plates and um, just things on the shelves and stuff. And then slowly pans into um, the room where all the artists are. And um, they do their performance. Uh, all the close-up stuff, all the great uh, close-up shots of Leon and guitar shots and things, and then fade out, and that's pretty much it. M where I was positioned for this was literally, if you go to like um, 45 seconds in, you see that wall? You see that wall on the on camera right? Just behind that wall, just behind this, this, this wall slash... Um, um, because it wasn't really a wall wall. It was like a, it was like a hollow, hollow wooden um, wall, I guess. Anyway, not important. Basically, I was behind there. It was like a tiny little area slash um, um, storage place where they had all kinds of like 
uh, I think it was like just props and maps and chairs and all kinds of stuff. So I just basically uh, got myself comfortable in that tiny little space. It was a little space where I just set up a little table, had my interface, my laptop and and I could just monitor and also see the performance as well. So I can kind of see if there was any issues and things like that. Because sometimes I might base myself in another room where the recording station is and I may not see what's happening or... If there was an issue, I won't be able to identify it until we cut. And yeah, so like at that position was actually great because I can see the performance as well. Um, so that's where I was. How I recorded this was actually very interesting. Um, I My approach to this live session was to record it like how they would record a record back in, you know, the 60s or 50s, 60s kind of thing. And early 70s as well, where basically you get the whole band in the studio all at the same time, they play all at the same time, and you all mic them up, you record it all to tape, and then later, if there's any replacements or overdubs, you do that. Whereas nowadays, it's a little bit more different, like 90% of the time, you know, you'll get the drummer that comes in, and then you have the bassist that comes in, and the guitarist that comes in, and then the vocal comes in, so it's, you don't... It, Typically, you don't get to see like all the artists all in the same place performing all at the same time. And it's just so like, you know, when you record, you can have like very clean recordings and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff, you know. And back then, basically, you just record everything to tape and just get the band inside and they just perform. And if the band is crap, then obviously it'll translate. And if there's human error, there's human error, you know, and that's kind of why... Um, the 60s and the 70s, the records had this kind of um, character to it because it had this human error, I guess. Um, I love that. I personally love that. And I guess nowadays, like, the records are super clean and super, you know, perfect. And of course, there's nothing wrong with that. But the approach that I went for this was the old school way, which is um, having in mind that the band is in this room or well, a band in a studio, but in this case, we're in a room. And just record it like that and moving and arranging the artists in such a way that how I would hear them in a mix. So, for example, the loudest instrument in this performance would be the saxophone. So I didn't have a microphone on, um, on the saxophone. In fact, we didn't have extra mics or extra clip mics for the saxophone player. So what I did is I moved the saxophone player um, all the way at the back, just like how I would you know, how drums would be in a record. You'll move the drummer all the way at the back because that's the loudest instrument and you want it to be, you know, a bit controlled, a little bit more quieter than everyone, especially when when the vocalist is singing. You don't want the drums to be overpowered. And in this case, you don't want the saxophone to overpower Leon's voice when he's singing. So that's why um, the saxophone is standing all the way at the back or, re or relatively, you know, at the back. Um, just... So when he performs, um, it's not super empowering and taking over the mix. And and yeah, uh, he actually had to perform just a little bit more quieter because his performance was also leaking into, um, you know, the clip mics and things like that. And of course, we didn't want that. But he did an incredible job to kind of keep his, um, his performance, uh, you know, relative to the mix to make it uh, quite balanced. Um, I need to take a breath and my mouth is super dry. I'm just going to drink a little bit of water. Just hold on a sec.
I don't know how people talk for like hours and hours on these podcasts. I'm only like 11 minutes in and my God, I'm already like dehydrating. Um, where were we? So yeah, so my approach for this recording was basically arrange the artists in such a way, of course, had to be approved by the director as well, but yeah, arranged it in such a way that is, uh, yeah, arranged it in such a way like how I would hear it on a record, you know, so vocalist will be more prominent. So I tried to have him a little bit more in front of the mix, a little bit more in front of everyone, the, the BVs, the backing vocals as well. You know, I would like to have them a little bit more, um, quieter than obviously the main vocalist and maybe pan them around in the mix and things like that. And of course the loudest instrument all the way at the back, which is in this case, it's the saxophone player, the saxophone. So that's pretty much the, 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 the philosophy or the, the approach where I went for this. Um, ba, 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 ba. Let's see my notes. Is there anything else that I would like to share with you guys? Everything was on lapel mics and lapel mics are, are great, especially like for shoots like this or any kind of production where basically you don't want mics in shot, um, you know, narrative shots or like basically 99% film. It could be done either with boom, which is not in shot and clip mics, which is not in shot. But the problem with clip mics is um, it sounds, it sounds great when it's, you know, when it's used um, at a relatively normal level when, you know, like speaking and things like that. But when, when there's loud parts or like shouty parts or it's, basically anything that's really loud, the, the, the microphone's dynamic range is so small that it literally distorts. It's not like the preamp is distorting or the signal is coming in hot or something. It's literally the diaphragm itself just distorts. And sometimes that sounds really nasty. That's why personally I prefer boom sounds. You know, if I can, I try to boom things on set, or in this case, try to record everything with condenser microphones. But it's, it's, it's you know, it's the middle ground. It's like, what is it that you want from, from, uh, from the shoe? What is it that you're trying to capture? But in this case, like the song is not like, it's not like a metal song or something like that, something that, that Leon's yelling and things like that. It's, it's pretty mellow, you know, yet dynamic song. So clip mics really worked very, very well for this, um, for this shoot, for what I wanted, for the sound that I wanted. And the interesting thing is that because I have his voice and I have his, I have the backing vocals and, um, and you know, his guitar and things like that. Oh, um, by the way, the, the room, um, the, I, I forgot to mention, there was also a stereo pair as well. I set up a XY stereo pair that is to camera left, I believe. The, like the, the exit was literally to camera left. So if you go to um, somewhere where it's like, uh, let me just check where it would be. Yeah, let's say 37 seconds in the video. To camera left, there's a door over there and that's where the exit is, where we would go downstairs and we would exit. So somewhere over there is where I placed not only the amp, but also the stereo pair as well, which is how I got to capture an overall um, sum of the performance from, from all the artists. And that's how I got the saxophone sound as well. So, um, so there's that. Um, 
I always place the stereo pair in such a way that, um, yeah, just like the old school way, just set up a stereo pair and then like you just hear the band play and the band is the one that's mixing rather than you controlling the mix. So they're controlling the dynamics and the performance and things like that. Um, back then, like with drummers as well, you know, you just set up a stereo pair or, you know, sometimes you, you know, you put like spot mics and things, you know, hook up like on the snare drum or like on the kick drum and stuff like that. But those are just to accentuate certain parts. Essentially the stereo pair has to sound good. Like if the stereo pair doesn't sound good, then, you know, you're basically playing around with, you know, direct signals and that usually, depending on what kind of style and aesthetic you're trying to go for, you know, it might come out just maybe not that natural, you know, like for example, in this performance, it's, it's like a um, old school kind of sound, you know, it has this like fifties, maybe forties kind of sound, you know, and um, I kind of wanted to have that overall um, uh, stereo uh, recording, like a, yeah, just recording with the stereo pair to capture the overall performance and use the direct signals that are coming from, you know, the guitar and the lapel mics and things like that to kind of uh, bring up certain things if the stereo pair didn't really pick it up. So if, if Leon Bridges um, vocals got a little bit drowned within the stereo pair, I would kind of just boost it up a little bit within the mix so you can actually hear him. But anyway, so that's, uh, as I said, that's the way how I recorded it. And um, it was it was very interesting uh, because, as I said, this is the first time that I had clip mics. And what I could do in post is basically start running individual, um, individual tracks to, uh, you know, like, you know, tape like to like tape simulators and things like that to kind of emulate the old school noisy analog hardwares and you know having like a lo-fi kind of sound you know and that's the approach that I went for this mix um well as I said like I maybe might uh, just do another podcast on how I did all these live sessions and just live recordings and just recordings in general on how I would approach you know, mixing and things like that. Maybe I should do, like, I mean, like, like I said, I'm probably going to do like an episode on it because it's a very um, dense topic. Uh, but for this podcast, basically what I'm trying to say is it gave me options and um, it gave me options in, you know, in post and I could individually run every single track through tape machines. Like, I mean, not actual tape machines, that would be awesome, but like simulators um, stuff like, uh, what's it called? Kramer's tape. I think that's what it's called. Um, by waves, it's just a tape machine simulator. And, um, yeah, I will run it, um, through that. So it gives like that kind of tapey kind of, uh, vibe and I'll crank up like the, 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 um, the tape noise a bit. So you get that hiss as well, you know, like the tape hiss and all that kind of stuff, you know, just to add a little bit of character and, oldness to the to this um to the recording um and that is um pretty much it for for this session this by far was my favorite session within the two two and a half years that i was working for them or any freelance job that i've ever done in london this is probably by far the most fun session that um 
and the most interesting session that I've re recorded just because for some reason, everything just went my way for this specific job. It was, you know, like the recordings to me back then, you know, were, were, were perfect and, you know, it gave me a lot of options, you know, like in, in post, usually I'm always trying to troubleshoot things, which, you know, for these kind of stuff, you know, you're going to be, if, if you're doing things like this or like anything to do with location recording things, you're always going to be troubleshooting to try to like fix things in post and try to like recover things. But this specific recording, everything came out, you know, quite well. So in post, I was just basically being creative rather than trying to fix issues. So I would just pull up all the faders, everything was already in place. I was like, great, you know, how can I make this better? So as I said, I run it through like tape machines and old compressors, uh, like obviously all uh, simulated, old EQs and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, try to run it, trying to run all the, all the signals through like old um, Abbey Road console simulators and things like that, all by Waves plugins. So, I mean, if you guys know what Wave plugins is, just Google it, Waves, Waves plugins. And um, yeah, they're just basically a company that makes audio engineering plugins for us audio people. So that's pretty much it um, for this uh, session. Not so much of uh, troubleshooting than anything else. Actually, I mean, like the only thing that was probably the most concerning thing for this shoot was I just had to be aware on like, you know, uh, traffic sounds and ambulance sounds and plane sounds and things like that. Because London is a hustle and bustle city. And um, we were recording um, fairly early. We're well, not super early, but we, we probably recorded sometime like late morning or something and going into the afternoon. So probably around lunchtime-ish, you do get a lot of the traffic sounds and things like that. So we had to keep that in mind and try to... Uh, be aware and then when the sound is clear i will let the director know so we can roll and things like that but that's pretty much like the biggest issue that i had to face on that day but uh, other than that it was a pretty cool recording and um um i guess the one thing that i would like to share with you guys is basically when it comes to these kind of recordings not only with music but you know, onset things or whatever shoot that you're doing that, that, you know, requires lapels and things like that. I guess you just have to be aware if the lapel setup is something that will complement the film or if it's something that you can take away into post and manipulate it or, or blend it in such a way that will complement the film. So, you know, this is like, the, uh, Leon Bridges' uh, performance is, as I said, it's more like a 50s, 60s, like old school kind of vibe. So being able to get like really clean signals and very, you know, um, like a lot of stems and, uh, and all these kind of stuff, like options for me in post, it's just so I can take something that's super clear and then just mess it up in post so I can kind of like, um, you know, do some other creative things to make the mix um, a little bit more interesting. Um, I could have technically got away with this recording just with like a stereo pair, I think. But the problem with that is um, obviously it just means I won't have any options. So, you know, you know, then they could have got back to me and said like, oh, we would like to have the guitar a little bit louder. And I'll just be like, well, you know, I couldn't do it. You know, like you can't bring up the guitar a little louder when it's just from a stereo pair. Um, 
So um, th that's why I went with this kind of setup. So I guess one thing that, yeah, as I said, that you guys have to be aware of is whether that kind of, whether lapel setup is something that will complement the film. Um, personally, booming when it comes to like film filmmaking things, not so much with music, but filmmaking things, I would boom. Maybe get a lapel just for backup, but most of the time I was I would use um, boom just to um, yeah, like a shotgun mic or something like that, just because it's a little bit more natural and the dynamic range on these mics. Um, sound better and are are more robust as opposed to um, clip mics. Also, with clip mics, you get you know you face the issue of rustling sound. So if it's like under under uh, you know t-shirts and jackets and things like that, when they move, you know you might get like a sound, and then that is very difficult to kind of recover in post, especially when that is overlaying dialogue or in this case like a performance singing. Um, which again, fortunately on the day, we didn't actually bump into that kind of issue. I didn't bump into that kind of issue. Um, I hooked up all the mics, you know, perfectly to my surprise, because usually however perfect you hook it up, um, you know, however you set up the lapel mics, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen. So um, I was just very fortunate down that day, nothing too cray cray happened. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, this is uh, Leon Bridges coming home uh, session that I did for Mahogany Sessions. I'm going to be probably doing another maybe two or three more audio breakdowns, including the, the, the post-production kind of stuff. Maybe that'll just be an episode by itself, as I said. Um, but this, that's it for me. That's it for me today. If you guys have any questions... You can always write to me and let me know what you think of these episodes. Let me know, you know, just write to me and tell me saying, yeah, your episodes are crap. Your episodes are great. It helped me. It didn't help me. I would like to hear more about this. I would like to hear more about that. You can just let me know and I will do it for you guys because this is why I'm here. I do these things for you guys and I try to listen and read um, your comments and your messages and try to see what is it that I can do and... Uh, yeah, to help you guys and things like that. And that's pretty much it. So let me know if, um, if there's anything that you would want to hear, see, um, you want me to share, all, all that kind of stuff. You can just write to me um, either through Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or just write me an email. Um, all the details are in the links below. But that is it from me today. I'll stop jibber-jabbering. I hope you guys have a good day. And I will see you guys in the next podcast. In the next podcast. You can kind of hear like my mouth is dry. It has that, there's that, there's that sticky sound. Nasty. Anyway, uh, sorry to gross you guys out. I am out. You should be out. You should be go out, going out, create stuff, do things, do, I hope, yeah, do anyway. All right. See you guys in the next podcast.